Thanks for joining the One Cause Church podcast, Building a Better Life. For more information about our church, service times, and resources, please check us out on the web at www.onecausechurch.com. You can also search One Cause Church on Facebook and on Twitter. God bless you. Would you bow your heads and let's pray tonight. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you for this time together. Lord, I pray for my father. Father, help him in his language, Lord, as a pastor. I know he wants to be relevant and all, but Lord, I mean, those words, out of the abundance of his heart, his mouth speaks, and, and he should know that. He's a pastor, so help him, Lord. And with his English, Lord, he's been in the, in the States for 25 years and still doesn't know English, and just help him, Father God, and we just, we pray for him, Lord, and all these wonderful people who had to hear that story, Lord, just heal their hearts, because some of them are offended, and, uh, but uh, Lord, just help my father. And Lord, we thank you for your word tonight and how amazing it is. And we just thank you that you've called us to shine, Lord, in, in, in Jesus' name. Amen. Guys, just, we, we'll just forget about that video clip tonight. Um, I don't know why that's funny, but we'll just, if you have your Bibles, I want you to turn to Acts chapter 3. Tonight, I just want to talk to you about shining. Everybody say that with me. Say shining. In El Paso, where I grew up, everybody says, hey, man, you want to shine? That's just a shine. And no, it's, it's shine. Acts chapter 3, verse 1. I like this book of the Bible. I, I like the title. Acts. It's not the, the, <laughs> the title is not the book of the spectators. The title is not the, the book of the people with the cheeks and the seats. This is Acts, the Acts of the Apostle. And I love this story. Let's read this story, Acts chapter 3, verse 1. It says, one day... Peter and John, who was it? Peter and John John were going up to the temple at the same time of prayer at 3 o'clock in the afternoon. What time was it? 3 o'clock in the afternoon. Verse 2. Now there was a man who was lame from birth and was being carried to the temple gate called Beautiful. Ladies, say beautiful. Guys, say beautiful. People need to brush up in here. Verse 3. When he saw Peter and John... About to enter, he asked for some money. Peter looked straight at him, and as did John. And Peter said, look at us. So the man gave them his attention. Now I want you to notice this. It says, expecting to get something from them. And then verse 6, then Peter said, silver and gold have I none. But what I have, I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. Taking him by the right hand, he helped him up. And instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. He jumped to his feet and began to walk. Then he went with them into the temple courts, walking and jumping and praising God. When all the people saw him walking and praising God, they recognized him as the same man who used to sit begging at the temple called Beautiful. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what, they ha- what had happened to him. Verse 11, while the man held on to Peter and John, all the people were astonished and came running to them in the place that was called Solomon's Colonnade. I want to break this story down. And tonight I want to give you five things that I think we need to realize if we're going to shine. God has called us to shine bright. As a matter of fact, Peter and John are going up to the temple. And I want you to notice one thing about this miracle. I want you to notice when this miracle happens. This miracle happens outside of the temple gates. This miracle actually happens before 
church starts. It, ha- it happens before church starts. So here's number one. If we're going to shine, you have to realize that miracles can happen anytime, anywhere, to anyone. Let me say that again. Anytime, anywhere, anyone. See, and I say that tonight because, and look, look at you coming on a Sunday night. Everybody else is kind of just at home chilling. But you came tonight to church, and that shows me you want to shine. You want God to do something in your life. But a lot of times what happens in church is there's just this mentality that we're just going to let the pastor. You know, it's the pastor's responsibility to change the world. It's the pastor's responsibility to have impact. And it's the worship team. If Man, if our city's going to change the worship team, you know what? And all those things are good. But what I love about this particular miracle is it happened even before worship started. It happened outside of the church. And if we're going to shine, we just can't stop. We can't start writing off people or where these miracles happen. No, as a matter of fact, anytime, anywhere, anyone. Your boss, that person that you may not like, that family member that you just kind of go, oh my gosh, this would absolutely be a miracle if they came to church. Well, you know what? God can still do miracles. Anytime, any place, anyone. And if this city's going to change, then it's up to all of us to shine. Not just the pastor, not just the volunteers, but I love where the miracle happens. It happens outside. Church hasn't even started yet, and miracles will happen. What if we started to have that perspective? What if we started to have that perspective that when we came, you know what, to church, we're going to start reaching out to people. We're not just going to wait for someone to come say hi to us. We're going to go to people. We're going to make the difference. We're the ones. And so what I love about this is where it happens. And number two, I think this is interesting because as they walk up to him, they say these words. You, they're famous. Silver and gold have I none. But here's a key. But what I have... I give to you. So here's number two. If we're going to shine like God wants us to shine, we have to give what we have and not allow what we don't have to become our excuse. You know, a lot of people discount themselves because of what they don't have. Notice what Peter and John didn't do. Silver and gold, we don't have. We're sorry. Have a nice day. Here's, here's a brochure from our church. God bless you. We'll see you later. We don't have what you're asking for. But you know what? This statement right here is so encouraging. He says this, silver and gold have we not, but what I do have I can give to you. And let me encourage you today. The only thing that you can give away is what God has given you. And giving you personally. And I hear people talk about this all the time. Even in, in ministerial circles. They're always thinking about what they don't have or who they're not. Well, Pastor Phil, I am just not Joyce Myers. They put an S on the end. I'm not Joyce Myers. I'm just not. Well, let me just tell you something. I'm not Joyce Meyer either. I'm not a female. I'm just not. But when you start to compare yourself to other people, you always discount yourself. And then that becomes an excuse of why you can't do something big for God. Man, you know, I've realized I'm just me. I'm not, man, I am not T.D. Jakes. I'm not black. Well, I, I, I am. 
I'm black on the inside, Mexican on the outside, white in the bottom of my feet. And I'm what they call in El Paso, tres leches. <laughs> I can't preach like T.D. Jakes. You know what? Here's the good news. God's never called me to be T.D. Jakes. You know who God called me to be? God called me to be Phil Valdez. That's who he called me to be. And the only thing that I can be is what he's called me to be. And the only thing I can give the world is what he has given me. And so what we have to start doing is start looking at what God has given us, not what we don't have. And that becomes our excuse. And Peter says, silver and gold have I none, but what I have I give to you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, get up and walk. Ladies and gentlemen, I don't care about your personality. I don't care about all your spiritual gifts. I really don't care about that. I know you have them, and I know it's awesome. But let me just break it down, and it is very simple. What you have is Jesus, and so you can give Jesus away. And there's opportunities that arise, and you can give what you have. When we come to church, and when God does amazing things like he's doing tonight, God does it in you because he wants to do it through you. And you can only give what you have. They're just little opportunities. And you know what's so amazing? Is that I really think that you have such influence in your world more than you even know. Well, the Pastor Eric would come to my work and they'd all get saved. Well, you know what? That's not his world. It's your world. And God says you have to go into all the world, your world, and preach the gospel. And in your world, Pastor Eric may not have as much influence as you. Listen, students, as you get and you go to school, man, I've heard people say, Pastor Philip, you just come to our school and talk to our school. Listen, they don't know me. They know you. And you can give them what you got. You give them your swag. You give them your coolness. You give them your personality that God has given you. And you will use the influence that he's given you. But you got to give what you got. Not what you don't have. And there are some of you. See, when God changed my life and when I really gave my life to him, I always thought, man, I better not give my life to God because he's going to turn me into Mr. Rogers. I'm just going to be this nerdy guy. Nobody wants to be around. He's going to zap my personality away. I'm just going to be like all the other Christians that I, that I would see. And, but when I realized something, That God gave me gifts and God gave me this weird personality for a reason. And you know what? It may not be your personality, but you know what? And if the whole world were like me, man, the world would be weird. But the world would also be boring. Because each and every one of us have something that's different. And what's interesting to me is that when we start comparing ourselves to each other, what we do is we compromise ourselves. And you are a gift to this world. What God has given you and your insight and your DNA. Man, why do we always try to be the same? Let's be who God's called us to be. But you know what I've learned? That God will use me in certain influences and certain spheres of influence that he may not use in other people. Great. Praise God. But you know what? I also thank God that the whole world is not like you. We're all different. And here's all, you want to shine? Give what you got. Well, I'm just a mechanic and I like to work on trucks. Well, give what you got. I just, you know, I'm a manly man. I like to, you know, slab that concrete and put it on. Well, show up to work day. Give what you got. Well, Pastor Phil, I'm no Martha Stewart. Give what you got. Give what you got. And watch what God will do. 
was me. And I said, God, here I am. Use me. And Peter says, silver and gold have I none. But what I do have, I give. Now, I'm going to tell you a little secret. And it goes along with this story. What's interesting is that what this guy thought he needed wasn't really what he really needed. He thought he needed some money. Money would have been good. He's like, you got some money. And Peter's like, no, I don't got any money on me. But let me just tell you this. The world thinks they need things, but they don't really know what they really need. They think they need I got to go out. I got to party. You know, I got to sow my royal oats all over the city. I got to hang out with people. It's my time to party. But in reality, they think they need a certain thing. But in reality, they need a relationship with Jesus Christ. And so what I love about this story is this dude asks for money, but God gives him a whole better life. Man, you know what? What's interesting is that he asked for some money, but that would have been good. But what God had for him was a lot better. And I want to tell you tonight, there are people at your work, they think they need certain things, but you know what they need. You know what they really need. What this guy needed was a whole new life. And that's what God gave him. You know what I love about God? He'll always give you more than you ask. He always will. And what's so amazing to me is that you are the light of the world. You know, when you get saved and you ask Jesus in your heart, what's, he comes inside your heart, he forgives you of all your sins. But can I tell you what he also does? Bless you. He lights you up. When you got saved, you got lit. Now, I remember back in high school, we tried to get lit a lot. We would smoke this stuff called marijuana. You don't know what it's about, but but we try to get lit. (coughs) Man, that's good. (coughs) That's good stuff. We try to get lit. But little did I know that when I gave my life to Jesus, he lit me up. And this is what he said. Now, I I want you to listen to this. In Matthew chapter 5, verse 13, you know the story. You are the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? If it is no longer good, it is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are the light of the world. Turn to your neighbor real quick and say, you're the light. A town that is built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither can people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light so shine before others that they may see your good deeds, your good works, and glorify your Father that is in heaven. Ladies and gentlemen, let me just tell you, not only did God light you up, Because, and it's interesting, we are in such a dark world. What they need is light. But let me tell you what darkness is. Darkness is not the opposite of light. uh, The opposite of light. Darkness is the absence of light. And here you come in their dark world. Stop making excuses about who you are, who you're not. Just be the light. And can I tell you something? Even a little bit of light penetrates the darkness. Even a little bit of light penetrates the darkness. But it's interesting, in this passage, he also calls you the salt. I've known two things about salt. One is that salt preserves. I really believe this, Pastor Eric, with all of my heart. Your life is preserving 
other people's lives. I really believe that there's people in this world who are still alive because you're the salt and you're preserving their life. In 15 years of youth ministry, I was thinking about this the other day. I was counting. And I'm not talking about on the stage. I'm talking about personally in my office, one-to-one. I have probably talked with probably about 200 and something students about not committing suicide. And you know what? They are alive today. Can I tell you why they are alive today? Because they came into contact with some salt. And because I am Mexican, I think I'm going to write a Mexican translation of the Bible. I'm called the MIV, Mexican translation, Mexican international version. And I'm going to change that scripture and I'm going to say this. You are the salsa of the world. (laughs) You know what salsa does? Salsa, salsa adds flavor. That's what it does. As a matter of fact, I was eating with my dad the other day, and we're just talking about stuff. He wasn't cussing at that point. He was just, we were just talking. And we're, we're talking, and he's, he's, his tears start coming down his eyes. And I don't know what was going on. You know, snot, mucus starts coming out of his nose, and I'm looking at him. And he looks at me, and he goes, son, this is such good salsa. And I've learned, now that I moved to California, you know, there's some other restaurants that we like to eat in El Paso. I mean, there's a lot of Mexican restaurants, and that's good, and I love it. But my, my father-in-law came out to California, and I didn't realize how much I love salsa. But when he came out, and we started eating at some of these places like Chipotle, and he, got, he ate at Chipotle, man. He was so offended. He's like, Chipotle, this isn't Mexican food. Do you guys have salsa? You know, and then they have that, you know, their, their version of salsa. And he's like, this ain't salsa. He goes, I don't even know why you guys asked me to go there. I'm like, I, I like Chipotle. <laughs> but you know what? You're the flavor in people's lives. You are preserving them. And we live in that day. We live in the day where students go to school. They sit next to their best friend. And then one day their best friend is no longer there because they were in a car accident or because something happened. And your life is preserving people beyond what you know. You are the salt of the earth. Can I tell you something else salt does? And I am an avid saltaholic. I love salt on my salt. Give me salt. I don't want no bland food. Pour some salt on it. You know what salt does? Salt makes you thirsty. And I really believe this, that because you're in other people's lives, you're going to make them thirsty for the things of God. If you're the salt. If you're the light. So we need to shine. Silver and gold have I none, but what I do have, I give to you. And I love what they do. Number three, if you're going to shine, you need to realize that in you, because what do you have? In you, you have power and authority. In Jesus' name, get up and walk. You have access to that name. In Jesus' name. Get up and walk. Do you know what Peter and John could have done? They could have said when this dude, you have some money, silver and gold have I none. And they could have thought, oh, my goodness. Man, we're, we're not Jesus. Jesus went to heaven. Um, what, what are we going to do? You know what they did is they used his name. And they said in the name of Jesus, get up and walk. And I wonder sometimes, we all have authority, but what good is authority if we don't use it? I remember after I graduated from Christ for the Nations, I worked a secular job in New Jersey as a PT assistant, a physical therapy uh, assistant. And we used to have to help people who had 
different types of like diabetes and they'd have open wounds. And, and I'll never forget, right in the workplace, we took off this lady's gauze. She was probably about 65. And as we took off the gauze, it peeled away some of the skin that had scabbed on there. And when we took off that gauze, blood just started shooting out. I mean, literally just started shooting out. And uh, so we're, glad, we're grabbing all this gauze and we're putting it on her. And, and, and that bleeding wouldn't stop. And I just thought, here we are, the medical field. My boss was there. She's the manager. She's got this huge degree. And I just look at that thing, and I grabbed a piece of gauze. I put it on her leg. And I just said, in Jesus' name, stop bleeding. Took the gauze off, and it stopped. God. In a secular world, secular Praise job. God. And my boss just looked at me, and I said, that's what Bible college will do for you. <laughs> Nobody complained in Jesus' name. wasn't weird. I didn't start going, oh, Jesus, oh, Jesus, oh, Jesus, oh, Jesus. Stop. I didn't do that. I just, in Jesus' name, stop. That's all I did. Went on and got some towels. Wasn't weird. Wasn't crazy. In Jesus' name. Breathe, Pastor Eric. Breathe. Breathe. You know, I guess you know you had a member of the church that was like that. You know what I love about this story, and I think this is really this lame guy who had never walked, I really think that he represents the state of the world today. Ladies and gentlemen, there are people who cannot walk in righteousness because they haven't met Jesus. And they're dying in their sins. And Peter and John, in the name of Jesus Christ, and then check this out, taking him by the right hand. I want you, I love this. I love these 10 words. He helped him up. And so he, you'll get that later. Pastor Eric was looking at me real serious at lunch. He goes, did you know that you said that whatever, whatever, and it was only two words? Like, Pastor Eric, I do that on purpose just to see if people are listening to me. And obviously some of you are not tonight. He helped him up. Watch, watch this. And it says, so what Peter did was he spoke the name of Jesus, but he reached out his hand and he helped him up. He actually got out of where he was and he reached out and stretched out his hand and got him and picked him up. And here's my question tonight. Who in your life are you helping up? And if there's not a name or two that comes to your mind, that's probably because you're not helping anybody up. Who are you helping up? They reach out and they help him up. And you know what? The man gets up and walks for the very first time. The Bible says for 40 years, he's never walked. And watch what happens. Number four, if we're going to shine, we need to realize this. Good deeds give God an opportunity to work. Good deeds, listen, and good works doesn't get us to heaven, but it might help get other people there. 
Verse 10, they recognized him as the same man who used to sit begging at the temple called Beautiful, and they were filled with wonder and amazement at what happened to them. While the man held on to Peter and John, all the people were astonished. Why? Because Peter and John took a couple moments with a guy who could not walk, and they did something good. I know there's been a lot of bad preaching about good works. Well, it doesn't get you to heaven. Well, you can't be good enough. I understand, but we still got to do good works because that's what Jesus did. That's what he did. And the Bible says they'll see your good deeds and they'll glorify God in heaven. And so what happens is here is this dude that has never walked. He gets up and people are absolutely astonished and amazed because this is what Jesus does. He does miracles he does miracles and they're astonished and amazed and you know what happens there's a crowd that starts to build and this sets up do you remember when Peter got up and spoke before 5,000 people may have been more people but 5,000 people gave their hearts to Jesus you know how he got that opportunity this miracle was the platform because he did something good all these people start, hey, isn't that, that's, that's Larry. Larry was lame, and he's not lame anymore. What's, what's going on here? And I love, because they're all coming at 5,000 people. And Peter's like, guys, Jesus did this. I just want to let you know, you remember that guy you crucified? He did this. Remember that guy? Remember you spitting at him and saying, crucify, crucify. He did that. And he lives. And 5,000 people pricked in their heart and gave their lives to Jesus because some of the good works that Peter and John did. They stopped for a moment. And 5,000 people plus Larry. Can't forget Larry. He's standing up for the first time with Peter and John. And ladies and gentlemen, happened outside of the church. They used the name of Jesus, which you have. And I want to end with this tonight. Number five. See, shining really, really changes people's lives. But I want you to know something. It changes people's lives. And number five, it's really, really hard to argue with a changed life. See, we can sit down and we can talk about how there's no such thing as absolute truth. I don't really exist, even though I'm standing in front of you. I am just something. So they teach in college. This is not a pool. You may drown in it, but it's not a pool. There's no absolute truth. But see, when people start getting into all that, I say, you can talk about all that, but let me just tell you this. You can't argue with what Jesus did for me. And how can you explain when I was out on drugs and I wanted to commit suicide that Jesus came into my life and I've never been better? And they bring Larry and they bring Peter and John before the court and they get, the religious people get mad and they look at them and there's Larry. Like, this is the guy that used to never walk, right? And he's, yeah, I think he's, stand, he's standing up. He's standing up. 
don't turn there. But Acts chapter 4, verse 14 says this. No one could say anything because they could not deny what Jesus had done. Because there was a man who never walked, and now he walks. And for 40 years, ladies and gentlemen, 40 years, he's standing. And I believe that in this world, who, whoever's playing the, the keyboard, you could come. Just make sure your phone is on vibrate. And um, some of you didn't come to second service, and we were in a holy moment. I was seeing angels and... and uh, celestial beings and then somebody's phone went off on the worship team and they're so we just want to make sure that those phones are off for a moment I was totally distracted I was in the moment of celestial beings and I went straight to the pit of hell His ringer went off You know, I said this morning, I, I always put myself in people's shoes in the Bible. And see, I think I don't think this miracle maybe would mean a lot as we're preaching. Yeah, that's good. Because you and I have never got up in the morning and our legs never worked or didn't work. You know what? You and I get up in the morning. We don't even think about getting out of bed. We get up in the morning and put our left leg over. We don't think, I get up in the morning and, okay, left leg. We walk and it's second nature. But to someone like Larry, who had never walked, it was such a big miracle. And I say that to say this. So many of us in this room, every day, we walk in righteousness. Every day, now we know God loves us. Every day we know and we have the peace that we're forgiven. God is so amazing. And there are people around us don't know what you know and the only thing that we can do is give them what we got I think it is an utter tragedy and utter shame for us to know the answer and not give it away I think it is the epitome of selfishness to know that we have the cure for this disease called sin and we keep it to ourselves and we are so engrossed in ourselves and so engrossed in our problems and so engrossed in our drama that we forget that Larry is sitting there and he's never walked. And I will tell you this. I got problems. I mean, like, yeah, I, we know that. <laughs> we heard you preach. I have issues. But this is what I understand. When I help other people up, and when I meet other people's needs, God meets mine. Always taken care of. And, and let me just be honest with you. And, and I know this doesn't sound spiritual because it's going to be too simple. But when I help somebody else up and when I'm reaching out to them, the focus is not on me anymore. <laughs> you okay? The focus is not on me, but on them. And you think you have problems? Wait, wait till you see somebody who's never walked. It puts your life in the perspective. And I'm telling you, I, I really believe this, and not in a weird way, just in a really cool way, 
I really believe God wants to use you to do miracles. I really do. I really, really do. And I think that that's what separates us from everything else. That we have a miracle-working God. You can, you can say that. I'm going to tell you, one cause church would change when all of us in this room realize that we were meant to shine. Not just Pastor Eric, not just the worship team, but we were meant to shine. And when we come in here, great, man, God will help us and he'll encourage us. But this week, you want to have a supernatural week? Look at Larry who's sitting there. And don't just focus on what you don't have. Focus on what God has given you. What does it take to buy somebody a cup of coffee? What does it take? a lot of traveling and I, I know what it's like to travel with kids I, I mean oh my goodness with all the security we, we you know I only have one son but we got to get everything and then we get to security and then you got to take it all out and you know somebody frisks you and it's weird and awkward and you know and, and all this stuff and I was getting on a plane uh, about a week ago and this lady in front of me had her baby had two pieces of luggage and she's standing in front of me I know what it's like and I looked at her and the baby was crying and she seemed a little bit discombobulated and, and um, they were calling our number and I know so you get that anxiety like I gotta get on the plane and, and she just looked around and I just I had packed in such a way where I just had this little man bag that my wife makes me wear and because um, I'm always losing my wallet so you're gonna get this and, and, and I'm, I'm not gay I, I just I, my wife makes me wear this thing People look at me, I'm like. And I'm standing there, and she's all discombobulated. And, and I just said, can I help you with something? Could I, could I take one of your luggage? I said, I know what it's like to travel with kids. I, my wife and my son are at home. And she looked at me, and she said, yes, I would really appreciate that. She said, my husband was deployed yesterday to Afghanistan and here's this little boy and this little like pouch thing you know have you seen those things he's like this looking around so I'm looking at him and thinking to my son she goes we're going to spend time with our family because you know he's he's been deployed and ladies and gentlemen I'm just telling you it's not hard will open up our eyes to the needs of other people. And I, after, I want you just to hear this, after I helped her, I told her I was a pastor. Then I said, I'm a pastor. I, I'd love to pray with you and help you with this suitcase. I'm going to keep your husband in my prayers. And she said, thank you. I helped her out that day. It was a minute, a two minute of my time to encourage somebody. And I know in so many years of ministry, it happened to me last week in Oklahoma City. I know people that are praying for certain things and you could be the answer to that prayer. I pray before I speak, God, what, what do you want me to talk about? What, what, 
And I've had teenagers come up to me and say, you don't know how tonight really helped me because I was praying for those exact things. And when you called me up and prayed for me, God did exactly what I was asking him to do. And I think through me, me, I'm a fool. I'm an idiot. But I will tell you one thing I am. I am crazy enough to believe that this thing works. And it does. And it doesn't matter how old you are. It doesn't matter how talented you are. It all matters how great and awesome God is and how you will allow him to be that in your life. And here's, I think, where our frustration is because you were meant to shine. And when you don't, there's a frustration. I don't know, there's like... We're supposed to love our neighbor. And some of us don't even know their names that live next to us. And I'm not, I'm not trying to be hard. I'm not trying to... But listen, I get tired of people complaining how bad the world is. And I'm like, well, we're, we're the light of the world. We're the salt. We're the ones who are supposed to change things. God through us and in us. I believe that there's a day coming where miracles are going to happen outside of the church. I love when they happen inside the church. I'm talking about on your job. I'm talking about when you're in your yard picking your weeds and someone's walking by and you just have a moment and God does a miracle. You were meant to shine. I want you to bow your heads tonight. I want you to close your eyes. I have a heart for people. I love them. I remember when I was down and out, man, I remember people make all the difference. People that are nice and that are kind. And how are they going to see God's love if they don't see it in us? I think sometimes we're busy and we're so worried about temporary things that have nothing to do with eternity. And there's people that can't even walk in righteousness. Anytime, anywhere, anyone. Anytime, anywhere, anyone. Anytime, anywhere, anyone. Give what you got. Give what you got. Honestly, God thought it was so amazing. He gave it to you. He thought you were so amazing. He gave you gifts. He gave you your personality. He gave you. Use the name of Jesus. Use the name of Jesus that power and authority. Do good deeds for people. Help them out. And watch God change their lives. And they'll be on beyond the shadow of doubt. He'll change people's lives. Tonight as we close, would you just stand with me just for a moment? I'm not going to belabor this last point, but I just want to take a moment. Would you just close your eyes for just a minute? Once again, thanks for joining the One Cause Church podcast, Building a Better Life. We invite you to check us out on the web at www.onecausechurch.com for upcoming events and information about us. God bless you.